previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. You're excited now because we haven't concluded the interview. I feel like you've had recently the guy who's singing at the Met. You've had Dave Sims. You've had Ronnie Newmeyer. If this is ever referenced in the future, I feel like you, you've got Cool Aunt Claire, episode one. Tori Clark, episode 100. This should be like Joe Polito, episode oh, who really gives a damn? I am like the human embodiment of a Thursday show. <laughs> to the Loyal Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, hey Littles. Littles. Speaking of a Thursday show, Roxy, here we are. Here we are. Now, Joe Ippolito, the reviews are in, sir. It was nothing even close to a Thursday show. That's all I'm going <laughs> to say. But we have one very important thing we're going to lead off with specifically. So let's do some playback. We haven't. I don't think we've ever done this, but let's roll the tape. All right, real quick, Uranus jokes. Not funny or never not funny? They are never funny. The reactions to them are never not funny. Okay. We heard from Claire Natola, episode one. It says Joe Ippolito got it exactly correct. Hallelujah. This is all in caps, by the way. <laughs> and then it says, someone understands me. Well, I'm glad someone does, Claire. And then it says, I never would have come up with such a brilliant... She used the word brilliant. I, that, that's Dan Byrne country, Roxy. Oh. I would have never come up with such a brilliant take on Uranus. So <laughs> there you go. I agree. That just blew us away. And it's a really great way to put it. It's totally will bonding the question, but at least you got that. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right, Roxy, how are you doing? I'm good. We're good, right? Yeah. We've been overloading on Christmas movies, holiday movies. Oh my gosh. I even threw a Hanukkah one in there. Roxy went to bed the other night and I got stuck watching. Not stuck. I won't say it that way because I left it on because as full disclosure, as I said, Jeremy Jordan's a very good friend of ours yep. and he was starring in the sandwich Han Hanukkah, Hanukkah on rye. Hanukkah on rye. And Littles, it was it was all right. It was actually pretty good. Obviously, you know, like I said, full disclosure, I'm partial to, you know, to see my friend on the big screen here, but right. it, it was a lot of fun. I mm -hmm. have to admit, it, very cheesy, but we all know that. It's we all Hallmark. know Hallmark You know what you're getting are. yourself into. So I watched that. We also have some other holiday reviews. We're going to have to leave one or two for the next episode yeah. for our big, huge, ginormous, ginormous, spectacular Christmas episode, which will drop over the weekend, probably Christmas morning. Uh, yeah. I know that's probably a bad time to drop a podcast because no one will have time to listen, hopefully. Listen at your leisure. It's listen fine. at your leisure, but you are not going to want to miss this episode. We are so excited for it. And uh, we'll probably let it linger in there for a few days at least before we drop another one. So yeah. you have plenty of time to listen to it. But speaking of very excited, let's get this episode rolling here, Roxy. And we have a good friend joining us again for five mediocre minutes. Please welcome back to the podcast, who we get to call Mo, Maurice Werner. Hey, Mo, how's it going? Oh, it's great, Chuck and Roxy. So great to speak with you again. Yeah, this is great. Now, you're coming off a high. I heard you had Argentina in the World Cup. I did. Uh, we got a couple of rats who haven't paid up yet, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I was the only one in the pool to pick them. So All right. I've, so that's, uh, I scored big. That's awesome. our soccer talk for this episode. Let's move on. Should we throw some <laughs> yes. hockey? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I have to say, Littles, I was going to open with this, to be honest. I actually watched some of that. Now, mind you, that was only because... I was getting ready for the NFL to come on. Mm -hmm. But I also, in the back of my head, said, oh, you know what? The World Cup's on. I forgot. Totally forgot. So I don't remember what time I turned it on. When I turned it on, it was 2-2. So I heard there was this big comeback and all this stuff. And I missed all that. But I have to say, in all fairness, Roxy, I did thoroughly enjoy the excitement of the end. Yeah. I still hate penalty kicks at the end, even though they were exciting to watch. Mm -hmm. I'll give you that. 
but yeah, so. it was all the well, talk backstage. So yeah. here's the challenge. And this isn't what we were going to talk about, but the challenge is if that's the only soccer you've ever seen, like you're probably not going to ever see a game as intense as right. that, especially mm. from like when it was two, two on because it was insane. Well, but I've seen penalty kicks before and it's ex- actually more exciting because they actually, no one actually was like the last one that won mm. it. I mean, this one, they missed yeah. two, right? Right. So technically, penalty kicks wise, it wasn't. Yeah, one that, got blocked. I mean, uh, France it, had one blocked, and then yeah. Just no, I mean, except for it's blocked. for the World Cup. I mean, as far as though the in-game excitement, it wasn't as exciting yeah. as other games. I've, so anyway, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. I mean, it was. I have. To, I'm just trying to give credit where credit's due. I did not watch any of the other World Cup up to that moment, mm-hmm. and I honestly, it was more for yeah. time. I just didn't have time. But anyway, Mo, right. we have you back. Let's get into more. We don't need to hear about your gambling problems. <laughs> uh, let's uh, now. You want to talk about a bunch of stuff, so just go ahead. So I thought of you guys when the one to whom I'm related by marriage this weekend said we should watch this new Sarah Silverman romantic comedy, <laughs> Menorah in the Middle. And I went and like looked at it. It was on Hulu, and it read like a Hallmark movie. And I'm like, ah, sure, why not? It's Sarah Silverman. And so then as soon as it started playing, it's like guitar playing. And I'm like, I kind of feel like I know that guitarist. And then, <laughs> and then the song begins. And it's like, hey, I know that voice. Yep. And then it opens up. There's scenes of Paris. And then there's a street musician singing the song. And I'm like, that's Dan Byrne. I know that guy. <laughs> and he ended up being like a Greek chorus throughout the movie. He like sang, I don't know, seven, eight songs in the okay, whole no, movie. Okay, no spoiler alert. Like, Chuck hasn't seen it yet. I do plan on seeing this, though. Well, sorry for the spoiler Oh, no, that's okay. Everyone. I mean, I... And Chris from Durham, North Carolina, had an email read on the big show about this movie the other day. But the thing was, he probably wrote all those songs in 10 minutes or less. It's, you oh, know, of course. If you watch it for Dan Byrne, you're going to enjoy it. So, you know, it's whatever, you know, it's a, it's a hallmark. Yeah. I mean, to be clear, that's the only reason I'm watching. Well, so how, how many trees do you give this movie? Oh yeah. How many trees? Let's get your tree review. Oh, well, you see, I would give it menorahs. Oh, right. 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 So we have to go eight candles. candles. So so we could do up to eight. Well, we could do eight candles, I guess nine, if you count the shamash, which uh, is the middle one you used to light all the other ones. So if it's like nine, eight candles, let's just say, I'd give it uh, six. Okay. Okay. For for Dan. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's the equivalent of like three trees. But again, it's it's rated because of Dan's appearances. (laughs) And just for the record, Littles, I'd give the Hanukkah on Rye, because you didn't see that, right? I didn't see. I went to bed. I would Mm -hmm. say Hanukkah on Rye about a six, too, only because of Jeremy Jordan. Okay. But And and the the girl was great. I don't even know who it is, but she was great, too. It's the, it's a cheesy Fair enough. Uh, look i'll admit the end kind of got me a little uh, you know come on you know whatever you however <laughs> so, it. right and the thing that hooked me in was i had no expectation because i was like oh sarah silverman's in this so maybe it'll be funny you know like it's about it. hanukkah yeah. and it's like a hallmark style movie so you don't see many of these that are hanukkah themed and so the dan Byrne part was it completely changed the expectation of the movie for me so it was oh, it was great. so great i got to go download i got to go by and download his 1372 whatever <laughs> Yes, you do. Uh, all, all the little things do that. So yes. he was doing uh, and, the other night. He was doing Hunkered in Hanukkah or something like that. He did one of those live things, and I got to listen to some of that because yeah. he was promoting the Hanukkah yes. album, which cool. we did the last episode, uh, which right. is fantastic. So yeah, make sure you go get all and your Dan Byrne music. Absolutely. And also another thing that sort of popped up for me is, uh, especially along the lines of Christmas movies. I don't. Do you guys watch Jeopardy at all? Um. I mean, I've obviously seen it, not religiously. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right. So anyway, within the last week, mm-hmm. there was a final Jeopardy <laughs> category that was called action movies. And yep. the answer read, it, its last line is, quote, 
if this is their idea of Christmas, I gotta be here for New Year's. That was the final Jeopardy. My phone lit up. Answer. So, what is the question? Don't say it. Go ahead, Roxy. What is? What is Die Hard? What is Die Hard? <laughs> you got it, Sam. <laughs> and and as an aside, Ken Jennings, who's now the permanent host, and who's much better than Alex Trebek, if you ask me. Whoa. Um, oh. he, he kind of said an aside. And Die Hard is definitely a Christmas movie. <gasps> yes, he did. And my phone blew Ugh, up. I'm never watching Jeopardy ever. I had at least two or three littles in my, you know, <laughs> Facebook messenger and all this other stuff. And some that had my phone number. That It's like, yeah. I mean, I even put this to my dressing room and I asked them, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? And the ones that knew, that know what Die Hard is, they all said it is a Christmas movie. And I cringed. <laughs> <laughs> well... We don't want to give any spoilers for our Christmas episode, but you're going to want to, you're just going to want to tune in. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I tune into every episode. <laughs> well, I'm talking episode, to everybody so. out there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because no offense, Mo, but we've got a kick-ass media. We're not even going to call it mediocre five minutes. It's so good. Yeah. So okay. we have that plus an amazing guest for Meet the Littles. It's going to be great. So, and watching this movie, Menorah in the Middle, it felt like a David Aldridge moment. But then uh, I went and actually looked at your site and looked at the FAQs and had to look at what is a David Aldridge moment with that big flow chart. Uh, and unfortunately, it didn't qualify. So oh, I just no. wanted to be true. Really? So I'm not. You, the first part of it is you have to be friends with this person. And like that's the first qualifier. And I'm not friends with Dan Byrne. I've never met him. Oh. I mean, you know, he's, and so and then you have to say, is this person known by others in the general public? And if it's no, then, you know, that doesn't qualify. And were you friends with them before they became famous publicly? And oh, if, if that's okay. no, we have to it look at this qualify. flow chart. So those are like the three, there's four kickouts. It's on your site. You should know. Although you, <laughs> I know you didn't do it yourself. Yeah, no, no. And if I may say so myself, I mean, Roxy, this might be different for us. Because, I mean, I think Dan Burns a friend now. Yeah. I mean, we met him. Yeah. I was his warm-up catcher for the first pitch at the Syracuse Mets game. Right. So, I mean, come on. So, so it could be our David Aldridge moment. And but Mo, not yours. And, but Mo, you, you can live vicariously through us. There you go. There you go. Although, there you go. technically, you didn't know him before he was known by others. If you want to get real technical. Uh, well, we have to read the chart. I mean, some of your listeners are. <laughs> I would consider that a David Aldridge moment. Okay. I mean, we have to ourselves go and check yeah. this chart out. Now, this is the Reverend Mark Schaefer. Yep. Now, I mean, he's high up there, but he's not the all end of all being. I mean, other yes. people have different versions of what a <laughs> David Aldridge moment is. So. Yes. Anyway, Mo, thank you so much for coming back and oh. coming on for five mediocre minutes. I mean, how's any big holiday plans? Uh, well, we're celebrating Hanukkah right now. It's I don't know when this is going to air, but it's the third day, and then the fourth night starts at night because to confuse everyone, Jewish holidays start at sundown, so they always the right. day is actually after you go to bed and wake up and it's still the same day. Yeah. Oh, we're all in this. So, I, I get it yes. now. We have Ritz. Yes. Ritz is our local uh, Jewish third wheel correspondent, whatever you yes. want to call him, because he's, I've learned so much. Yeah. I mean, because yes. when I keep going, Hey, we're recording Friday night for the weekend. Can you cut? He's like, uh, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I've been trying to like set things up a little bit different so we can have some third wheels on here and there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I've yes. learned a lot and well, Happy holidays to you and yours. We know you're right in the Thank middle you. of yours. And we look forward to hopefully seeing you again soon. We're yes. hoping we're going to well, try to get so. down to that area soon. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or at least let's go grab a drink somewhere. Yes. Absolutely. Sounds so. good. All right, Littles, you're not going to want to go anywhere because we have such a fantastic Meet the Littles guest. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. 
Ho, ho, ho! This is Santa. Thanks to everyone who donated to Rocco's Warriors for the Littles Holiday Blitz. You're automatically on the nice list. You can still donate and get on the nice list, too. Ho, ho, ho! Played in this episode by a band called the New Keys, and this song is called Matchstick Mansion. Now, this was submitted to us by our good friend Ronnie Newmeyer, and he writes in and says, I'm on bass, and Tom Lofgren sings lead and plays guitar for the New Keys, and his name may be somewhat familiar to listeners since Tony mentions it when he plays the mailbag jingle we did. The other members are Spencer Hoops, a longtime loyal little on keyboards. Uh, Spencer, how come you haven't come on to meet the littles yet? And Chuck Sullivan on drums and Paul Bell on guitar. The New Keys broke up in 1990, but we all still work together in other bands and projects. It's not as exciting as bands suing each other, and honestly, I'd be glad to slam my ex-bandmates in the press. If only the press were interested. Now also, stick around after the Meet the Littles guest for another little treat by Ronnie Newmeyer. But most importantly, don't forget, we will play the full song, Matchstick Mansion, by the New Keys at the end of the podcast. All you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles and Roxy Chuck. Another fun one. Yeah. We just basically met this afternoon, but we are super excited about this. So much to get into. Please welcome to the podcast, Shy Corman. Hey, Shy, how's it going? I feel like I have known you all for 25 years. This is this. <laughs> Joyous. I mean, it's the magic of Mr. Tony, but it's also the magic of the world of the littles. Also, it's like a lovely show with two wonderful hosts. But even before chatting with you, I feel like I know these folks. I'm like, I feel like we're already hanging out at dinner. And we just literally we're, met this afternoon. Exactly. On Twitter. Thank you to Cool Aunt Claire yes, herself. Exactly. So I just want to say one quick thing. That was, I mean, thank you for the kind words, but also thank you for saying that for all the littles out there that are scared to come on or don't know if they want to come on, listen to what he just said. And it's like having a conversation with some friends that you've known forever, but really you just met. Exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. This is so great. And we're going to get into this. I mean, littles, how about this voice? I mean, the smooth, clear tones of shy are just uh it's great so oh, clearly so- podcaster yep. himself yes. which we'll get into but shy what we do is please take us back introduce yourself to all the loyal littles out there uh littles it's so amazing to get to chat with you all and to chat with chuck and roxy the voice by the way this is a subject of much mockery on my podcast my sisters call this the buttery voice and they yes it's like butter they relentlessly 
make fun of it. But I, I'm I, I, I'm going to be playing them this clip to show them that clearly some people appreciate it. So I was born in Philadelphia, spent most of my life in Montreal in Canada, and I uh, went to college there and then moved down to the D.C. area for graduate school. And that's, of course, when I started absorbing myself in the Mr. Tony universe, watching, you know, we don't have ESPN in Canada back then. Mm. Now everything is ESPN. We had something called TSN. There's no PTI there. No, there was PTI sometimes, but it would, it would be broadcast all these weird times. And we would always be kind of amazed that the show was being broadcast. This is definitely not made in Canada. And when I found out that not only could I get that show every day on my television, but that Tony had a podcast as well in the early days of podcasts. We had a radio show. I listened to the radio show mm-hmm. uh, back then, too. And so my story came to Washington, D.C., got immersed in the Tonyverse. I'm also a podcaster. I do a show with my sisters. My sisters have been my best friends for my whole life. So I, I have two younger sisters and Lily and Becky and, and the three of us do a show together. And, and like I said, there's much family mockery. Have I covered things? I play the drums. I play music. Whoa. <laughs> okay. We did not discuss that off air. No. And, and write music. And there's, a, there's a whole, things will pop up as we go. Okay. This is all right. We got to dissect. Okay. First of all, Let's back up to, I had no idea the podcast was with your sisters. That's really neat. Yeah. So Friday Night Movie is a show that was started as a labor of love between three siblings five years ago. We haven't missed a week. There have been births and surgeries and diseases and all sorts of things. And Tony is my original inspiration. I had dreamed of having a podcast. I worked in government. I worked in the U.S. State Department for many years, and I just didn't feel comfortable while working in government having a public voice. Mm. And eventually I left, and it was within a night of having left the government that I called my sisters and I said, this is the show. We got to do the show. It's us talking about movies and television, which is the language of love in my family. We spent every Friday night in high school all the way through college going to the movies, and then afterwards we'd hang out and talk about the movies and and so we turned that into a show. Okay, this is crazy. That's we have amazing. so much in common going into the TV thing. It's just because when we started this podcast, we talked a lot of TV. We still do. Yeah. Okay, in the yeah. opens and close. We're diehard Survivor fans, things like that. We mm-hmm. talked a lot of reality TV. She always does her Bachelor and Bachelorette updates, things like mm-hmm. that. But it got so much where I said, you know what? Maybe we should branch off onto the WTFC podcast network. And so I actually we thought up an idea. We created a new podcast. We have the artwork. We did everything for it. If you search it, you can find it. But there is not one episode nope. yet. That was about three months ago. And it's called the, T- the, the TV Junkies podcast. <laughs> because oh, wow. I was like, I feel like we needed to separate it. Mm-hmm. Because we were getting some positive feedback. There were a lot of fans that were writing in saying, oh, we've watched The Bachelor, da, 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 right. that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Kind so of- here's the thing. You see, I do take a lot of my cues from Tony, right? Because Tony is, a, he always says, is ostensibly a sports program, meaning mm-hmm. my show is about movies and television. But what are, you, what are you really going to listen to? You're going to listen to whatever is on Tony's mind. And in one of the greatest eras of the Tony Kornheiser show is when he used to do the American Idol breakdowns. Yes. During the Sanjaya, I don't know if you were listening yes, during Sanjaya. That to me is like the pinnacle of great podcasting because you just had the, I was, I never watched American Idol. I have no intention of watching American Idol, but I tuned in to hear Tony review the show. Monday Night Football. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. And that, especially that whole sequence with him and people were like voting him just out of spite, you know? (laughs) Anyway, so we have that in common, but let's go back. What was your major in college and stuff? I majored in political science. I bounced my minors around. I mean, in the end, I think I went with American history in the end, but political science. Ah, cool. Okay. 
Now, how did you get into the podcast? Because like a lot of people say, oh, communications or broadcasting, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So this podcasting thing was just like a, just a hobby? You know, again, I love the idea of talking with fun, amazing people and sharing my thoughts, particularly, I would say movies and television, I consume an enormous amount. So that is my anchor. So if that's what is for Tony, it's sports for me, I guess it's movies and TV. So I'd always wanted to do it. And then it was when my sisters were up for doing it together that it became something so much bigger because here you're talking about three siblings who at the time lived in three totally different time zones, one in California, me in the East Coast, the real time zone, East Coast. That's like (laughs) the main one as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. My other sister lives in the Canary Islands. And so this was also a weekly project. We, you know, we are on the phone. We're planning the show every week, you know, for five years through the pandemic, from before the pandemic, through the births of all their children. And uh, we built a really nice community around it. And we kind of made it up as we went along. We podcasting is punk rock. The best podcasting is when it is people, I think, with chemistry who love being there, feeling their way through it. Just like this show. This show is so yeah. I'm loving it so much. But that's so great. I'm still stuck on the whole family thing. And that's such a great way to stay connected. Yes, because you you're guaranteed. Live so far apart. Yes. Oh yeah, and our guests range from the all-time favorite guests are my mother. I mean, my mother's <laughs> guest spots on our show are hilarious. She is so funny, and she is our inspiration on so many levels. And both of our parents come on, and then my college roommate Josh, hilarious. But then over time, we've gained, I would say, I would say we're critically acclaimed. I can't say we are of mass famousness, but we've also had the opportunity to interview some really cool people from different TV shows or movies or artists that we like. But our entire approach, every guest that comes on the show, it's all about people we want to hang out with. Mm -hmm. So we don't go hunting, oh, this famous person, that famous person, oh, that movie got released, it would be cool. It is entirely, and and people who don't know us get kind of weirded out. I, I write to them, I said, this is not a celebrity interview podcast. We're really inviting you on because we want to hang out with you and be friends. Yeah. We're going to send you a holiday card and, and all of that. And most of them, they get inducted into the family once they're on the on the show. That's so great. So, and that's a great angle and probably makes people feel more comfortable. They definitely feel comfortable making. I endure a lot of the trolling as the oldest. <laughs> and definitely they feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. Excellent. Good. Good. <laughs> All right. Now get into your fandom. I know you said you're from the Philly area. So what's your favorite sport, favorite teams, things like that? So the team that matters most to me, and, and I would say as a result, really the only sport that matters to me these days is football, the Philadelphia Eagles. My fandom is rooted in the fact that I was born in Philly and, and you know, I, I was very familiar with the Randall Cunningham era, Reggie White. But when you're a teenager and you sort of have like issues with your parents, just normal stuff. My parents are the best, but yeah. you know, you're a teenager. The thing that brought my dad and I back together was around 2000, at the beginning of the Donovan McNabb era. We just, I just kind of sat down with him one day and started watching football. And he knows an incredible amount about football. And it became this incredible bonding thing and this language between us. And so the Eagles are important to me because I love football, but it's also this very special thing between me and my dad. And then the other team that matters to me are the Montreal Expos, who are no more. But that's the only baseball team I've ever loved. And I loved those 90s Expos. Mm. Oh. Even though I like the Phillies and I was aware of the Phillies, the Expos are really were really part of the fabric of the city of Montreal. And they're kind of a goofy emblem and... You know, they had Yuppie, who's now they who now is at the Canadians mascot, but he was originally the Montreal Expos mascot. 
And we used to go to these baseball camps, not for good baseball players, for just like asthmatic Jewish kids, but the baseball players for like the players from the expos would come every day and you get to chit chat with them. And in that particular era of the nineties, Mark Langston and Bryn Smith and Pasquale Perez and Denny Martinez, those were the big time pitchers. It was a great era for baseball. It was really cool. Now, where are you now? Arlington, Virginia, the okay. D.C. area. So. All right, so that's what I thought. So when they moved to D.C., did you not adapt the Nationals? Or Super excited. Totally. Ad- it was the year I moved. And I adopted them, went in on season tickets with a whole bunch of buddies. And that era of the Nats really disavowed any relationship to the history of the Expos. Like There was no talk of the Expos, and, and I always felt a little bummed about that. Mm. I mean, I look, the Nats are cool. I support them. I would say I support the Phillies more. But to me, there's a genericness about the Nats that I just have never... The Expos had so much character. Like, yeah. there's just so much. The Nats just have never, never had that. Once Jose Vidro left the Nats, that was it for me and the Nats. He was an Expo. I think he was one of the last Expos to leave. Right, ah. right. Okay, so now, real quick, before we take a quick break, Tony, how did you become a little? So I became a little through PTI, just needing more Tony. Like as much Tony as I could get after that, I wanted. And in those days, there was the podcast, but it was the radio show on WTOP, I think was the one that I listened to. It was before ESP. I mean, he bounced back and forth, but it was the WTOP one that I used to listen to on the way to work. And then the time I was most immersed was in 2007, the State Department had a massive backlog of passports because there had been new restrictions put in after 9-11. And by 2007, there was this massive backlog, and they shipped off a whole bunch of junior staff out to New Hampshire and New Orleans, and they just had us stamping passports, like reviewing passport applications. And we worked like farm shift. I was at work in New Hampshire at four in the morning in in what was a converted gym, reviewing passport applications. And there isn't much to do during those days, except listen to podcasts. And so I just absorbed as much Tony as possible and all the gang. Mm. And then I've been lucky. I have had a chance to meet him a couple of times. And when I first met him, he was so nice. And I was kind of surprised because of the curmudgeonly old man thing. And I even shook his hand and said, wow, you're so nice. I was really expecting this to be a Larry David moment because <laughs> when he met Larry David, yes. I was and he kind of laughed. He was laughing. He was so incredibly sweet. So yeah. uh, that's a fun thing about being in D.C., that you have a greater chance of running into him yeah. or any other. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Really. So and I think it's safe to say that you did get to chatter, right? I did get to chatter. It was so wonderful. I had this great bucket list when I left government. And among the things on the list were start a podcast, learn how to draw on an iPad and <laughs> go see the Tony Kornheiser show at Chatter, which was this amazing thing that you could go have breakfast, hang out with Littles, and watch the show, and then schmooze a little bit with the man himself. Never got there. I know. Biggest regret. I did it a few times in the two weeks in between, and I was really lucky. Chatter was right next to the eye doctor where I was getting LASIK done. (laughs) So I went before my surgery. I went for my checkups. I I would hit Chatter in the morning before. Well, and we know because we're going to get into this. We're going to take a quick break. But these album covers you did for Dan Byrne, I mean, and we have to get into your whole Dan Burndom, I guess we'll say, yeah. because it sounds like it was more than Tony fandom. Mm-hmm. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. This is the Loyal Littles Podcast with Chuck and Roxy. 
Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And we are lucky enough to have Shy Corman with us today. And we've got lots to get into still. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just learned some more information off air. Yes. But first, as promised, let's get into... Now, you told me off air, you've known Dan Byrne longer than Tony. I have been a Dan Byrne fan since probably 2000, when his New American Language came out when I was in college. And my own musical life partner, Howie Kislowitz, who I've been making music with since we were in high school, handed these albums to us, his first three or four albums, and was like, this is the guy, you have to hear this. And I we had never heard someone put together words that way before. Right. It instantly changed us as songwriters. We loved him. Now, we were up in Canada. We hadn't really put together that he would tour and actually come to Montreal, but he actually came a couple of times. So... We went to see him a bunch of times for myself in college, but my sisters would go. So I've, I've been a longtime fan of Dan Burns. Okay, so how did this whole album cover thing come about? Because we're talking about the new albums that was just sent to Tony. They were mm-hmm. sent to us. Mm-hmm. And I uh, immediately said, I'm buying more to give away as prizes on our podcast for various contests we have. We love the artwork. The artwork is great. Can you go into that? How did that happen? That's how I'm like, oh, I know he's been to Chatter. So. so so, the artwork, I, I think I was saying earlier that I had these things on my bucket list, and one of them was to learn how to draw on an iPad. Yeah. And when I went to Chatter, and, and Claire, famous cool Aunt Claire was there, one of my things that I, then it was like the first time I did it, but now this is a sort of signature thing that I do, is I'll take a few pictures of a scene, and then I'll trace them and color them and kind of do an impressionistic version of the scene. And I did the scene chatter of Tony and the gang from my vantage point looking in through the window. And they tweeted it out and I couldn't believe it, but they mentioned my handle, which is at pancake for table, pancake for the table, which is a, a whole philosophy. That is my nom de plume, if you will. And <laughs> Gary Braun retweeted it, which I thought was so cool. And I still think it's so cool. So at that point, I, and I had been coming back, so I came back for a couple of days. I did a few different drawings chatted with Claire, had a great time. It was, it was amazing. And I hadn't really thought anything else about it. I hadn't even shared with people this incredible moment of Tony mentioning my art on the air. And I maybe sent it to a couple of friends, but I'd saved the audio for years. Just listen to it every once in a while when I needed like that. <laughs> a boost. boost. <laughs> I feel you. And so many years later, Dan Byrne is the, just the one of the most friendly, menschy humans on the planet. He and sure is. <laughs> I had the great opportunity to meet Dan a couple times and it become friendly. You know, he's such a warm, giving person. But, you know, it's interesting. You go to someone and you, you tell them what a profound influence their music on you. And they're obviously very gracious and he's very gracious. But I knew he's a tone. I knew he's a little. And so I remember mentioning littles and I said, oh, I heard your song the other day or and his face lights up just like any one of us. Mm-hmm. And they were talking deep cuts on the episodes and the chemistry between the people and the inside jokes. And it was through that that I, you know, we became friends because of the bond around Mr. Tony. And the I connected tissue, if I may. The connective yeah. tissue. And so something I'll do sometimes is I will make prints of art that I make that's like a tribute. It's often tributes to musicians. I love music. I'm a bit of a musician myself. And I will send them often as a surprise. And I'll get fine art prints made and I'll number them and sign them. And it's usually a few copies because what am I going to do? Sell them? No one wants to buy these. <laughs> so for the Tony prints, cause I knew Dan loved Tony. I included them in this package I mailed out to him and you know, he sent me such a gracious message 
And then a few months later, he reached out to me and said, hey, could I use these as the back cover for the albums I'm going to put out with all my Mr. Tony songs? You know, can you add the song list? And, you know, there's a couple of tweaks that were needed. So I did these updated versions. And thank goodness I had the files. Yeah, had, right. like, I'm already like two iPads down from that one. Wow. Uh, and I sent them his way and maybe told one or two people. I told my sisters but that, and my wife. I was so grateful that he even liked the paintings that I until I saw the rec- the records myself, the CDs myself, I wasn't going to believe that that was uh, going to happen. That it was going to happen. Wow. Sure enough, they showed up at my house, and beyond grateful that Dan Byrne would want to include my and he's such an accomplished painter. Like, oh my yeah. god. Yep. Uh, aside from his songwriting, and then to have Dan and Tony all coincide in the same universe was just pretty overwhelming and it's and it's really just a real special way to have all those things come together yeah well it's fairly wow. exciting and we're going to make sure we put that stuff in the show notes too mm-hmm. so people know to buy this album because yes. it's, oh, it's so the great. Album is great i mean when banyama is <laughs> up there with any of dan's great anthems yep. i love it so much yeah now the funny part is and i don't believe it's on either of the albums one of our favorites of all time And he allowed us to use it when he did his interview, episode 30, and it's called Feel the Burn. And Mm -hmm. he let us premiere, basically, because he sent it into the big show, but they never played it. And I suspect it's because it had more to do with PTI than it did the Tony Kornheiser show. Mm -hmm. But it's called, Roxy? 100 Years Ago on PTI. 100 Years Ago on PTI. And it's, one, in my opinion, one of the most brilliant songs he's ever done. But I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, these songs, especially from being podcast listeners and stuff, they just resonate. Right down to the Vince Scully. and oh yeah. Have you listened to, have you dove much into his catalog? I have in the past, but it's... I got to say, New American Language, Regent Mm -hmm. Street, one of his most recent albums, is amazing as well. New American Language, to me, is one of the great albums of the millennium. Okay. Like, that comes out in 2001, and it just captures Hmm. so much beauty and so much of where the country was at the time. I mean, obviously, a lot of it applies now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just one of the great albums. Well, I have to say, when we went to La Cheeserie night, and as I said to Roxy, I said, you know, I just know most of his stuff from the funny, crazy stuff he does for the show. Yeah. Then to just hear him sing the national anthem live. Oh, it was amazing. was like, wow. You know, I was like, okay. He's got okay. range. All right. <laughs> I, I see where we're going here. Now, real quick, we have to diverge before we get to our fun, dumb questions, because I found it off air. We were talking about your podcast, but I knew you had this other podcast and I didn't realize the title. It's called The Gold Nerds. Is that true? So The Gold Nerds, yeah. The Gold Nerds wow. is, talk about another incredible fan community. I mean, I've made a number of friends. You know, Twitter is messed up right now. I will not going to defend the world of Twitter. <laughs> what I will defend is places where fans can meet and tune out the noise and just be positive with each other mm-hmm. are incredible. Yeah. And in the world of Twitter and Instagram, I met the gold nerds and were were the fans of the Goldbergs. And similar to the the world of Mr. Tony, there's so much of our own language, of Mm -hmm. our own shorthand. And there's so much family and joy there that I was fortunate enough to get handed the reins by the original hosts of the gold nerds, by Joe and Ashley, who started it. They handed it over to me and Lons, who's become like a sister to me in real life to host that show. And it had been around for a while. So we don't do it weekly. We don't do weekly episode recaps, but we do specials. We did live specials during the pandemic. We've interviewed cats of the show. I nearly fainted the day we got to interview Adam. That wow. was incredible. 
See, I didn't uh, know any of this. And let's pause for a second, just so everyone, we're talking about The Goldberg, which is on ABC. It's a, a weekly show. Now, I've referenced it many times on yep. the show because I'm a huge fan. I've seen mm-hmm. every episode. Yep. Roxy was a huge fan. She still yeah. watches. I've seen most um, of them. But it was funny because just a couple weeks ago, we had someone, I can't remember who it was, and we have our fun dumb questions, which are coming up for you, sir. And one of them was, which TV family is most like your own? And they said the Goldbergs. And we went into a huge deep dive mm-hmm. about the Goldbergs. So big fans here. The Goldbergs is my family's wonder years. Uh, in ah, the sense, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. I am a kid. I grew up mostly in Montreal, but I lived in Philly until I was seven. I have an amazing Jewish mother who has no boundaries. I have two <laughs> siblings. Murray is nothing like my actual dad. And then I watched that show with my kids. And, and I, you know, I've always told Adam, I said, the first show that was my family show of like my time of me being a dad is the Goldbergs. Yeah. That's the yeah. show that appointment viewing with my kids to watch live every week. And so what's that been like taking that over? Fortunately, I had been podcasting already for about a year when we took it over. So I, I knew a little bit about production and things like that. So technically, we were on par. But like the world of the Littles, the Gold Nerds are so supportive and, and so supportive of each other. And people listened and were into it. And then the cast and the crew, they didn't know who we were. We weren't part of that OG group. And they've treated us just incredibly well. Lon's even got to go and sit in a, either a table read or the writer's room once. And because she's out in L.A., I'm, I, oh, okay. I, I never got to visit the set, but she got to visit the set. And then in particular, I would say Wendy McClendon Covey, Sam Lerner, who plays Jeff and Haley Orantia. Those three in particular have just been incredibly gracious with the fans overall. And then with us as these, you know, DIY podcasters, it's been a really special experience. Hmm. We get to interview real life Johnny Atkins, like the actual Johnny Atkins. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Such a nice dude. And he's like an amazing musician, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so great. And then, then you have this other one with your sister. It's just haven't heard any of these because we just met. So I'm looking forward into it. And I, of course, totally part cool. of me is like, you know, what? you don't even have to listen. Just hit download. Ah. It's fine. He's like, we don't care if you listen. Just hit download. That's My all wife? we need. My wife doesn't listen. I, she sometimes hosts the show with us. We went to South by Southwest last year, and my wife was the and I were the team that hosted the show that week. And she doesn't listen to the show, and I asked her why, and she says, my whole life is this show. Talking to you all day, it's like I feel like I'm in the show. I don't want to listen to it. If I she well, listens to another pop culture podcast. Well, Shy, we can't thank you enough for coming on to Meet the Littles. This has been fantastic. Yeah. Now, as we've been teasing, we can't let you get away without some of our fun, dumb questions, because that's what we're really all about. I lo- the best part. All right. Okay, what is your favorite movie quote? My favorite movie quote? Well, the one that comes to my mind is going to be wherever you go, there you are. Is that it? And I believe it's used in Buckaroo Banzai. That one always comes to mind. My wife says it, and it just makes me happy. All right. You ever see the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension? No. No. Definitely not. (laughs) That's why we were a little like, I wasn't going to say anything. Can I pitch this movie to you? Sure. It's no matter where you go, there you are. But it's a, it's a saying that's been said. But I associate it with this movie, Buckaroo Banzai. Peter Weller, who played RoboCop, uh-huh. plays a black belt neurologist, astrophysicist, special forces operative who travels around in his rock and roll tour bus with his bandmates that are also similarly talented. Included among them is a man named New Jersey who wears a cowboy hat, played by Jeff Goldblum, who's a fellow neurosurgeon. 
and they fight a group of aliens that are led by John Lithgow and Christopher Lloyd, who have invaded Earth and are trying to take over. Okay. This sounds like... what's what, I'm, I like I, the quote. I'm trying to think of this movie. This sounds like Mars Attacks, one of the well, greatest so, casts assembled of all time. Yeah. One of the worst movies I've ever had to sit through. No, Buckaroo Banzai is an awesome movie. It's okay. from the 80s. It's from the 80s. It's not John Carpenter. I think it's W. Richter... Richter but it's got a John Carpenter kind of vibe. Okay. So if you've ever seen They Live, the one where Rowdy Rowdy Piper has the sunglasses that allows him to see all the, you know, all the Obey posters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, right. That's where that comes from. Okay. Uh-huh. Anyways, I hope some littles write in or write on the, the <laughs> guest book on the website and help me out here. Okay. All right. If you could be a cartoon character for a week, who would you want to be? So there's an animated series called Avatar The Last Airbender, not the live action movie, but the, the animated series. I'm going to have to go with Korra from The Legend of Korra that was on Nickelodeon. I only watched these shows in my 30s, by the way. These, I saw these as an adult. These were for people younger than me. Okay. This okay. was their shows. This is the greatest storytelling told since, like, Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Wow. It's this incredible universe about these young people in a time of war, and there's magic, but there's a lot of stuff about politics and humanity, and there's two series that take place in different time periods. One is Avatar The Last Airbender. That's the first one. And then the sequel series is The Legend of Korra, which is, takes place a generation later. And I think she's one of the most interesting characters shown in what is ostensibly a kid show, although it really adults can immerse themselves in it, because she has to go through the incredible journey over four seasons of learning to be vulnerable and embrace her vulnerability. She's this very strong character who's totally impetuous and overconfident. And she starts off as in some ways not likable, but then I think earns so much of your connection. So I I highly recommend these two shows, by the way, just lock yourself. The Paramount Network, I think, has all of them now. Cool. All right. What was your favorite toy growing up? I mean, I got to go with my Star Wars toys. My nice. Star Wars toys, I still have them. They're in a box right next to me in the podcast room. Aww. <laughs> nice. And very specifically, and I still have this one within my Star Wars toys, Luke Skywalker in the Stormtrooper outfit. It was a later toy. Oh, yeah. Powered horse. It came with a, a little metal coin even. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was just the coolest scene in The New Hope is when they are dressed up as stormtroopers and he pulls it off. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. And (laughs) when I got that toy, it was, it's been treasured to me ever since it sits up on a mantelpiece. It's the only one of my Star Wars toys. My kids are not allowed to touch. (laughs) Excellent. All right, Roxy, let's end with some, uh, rapid fire, rapid fire, Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Smooth or crunchy peanut butter? Crunchy, but smooth is cool. But I mean, crunchy is my choice. (laughs) (laughs) If you could host a game show, what would it be? Oh, my goodness. I mean, I w- truthfully, on Friday Night Movie, we have a whole bunch of games. And if I could turn those into a game show and do a whole shtick, that would be like a dream. If not, Hollywood Squares. Hollywood Great. Squares. Okay. Uranus jokes. Not funny or never not funny? 
always hilarious. My kids and I have, they love the solar systems and stuff, and we take turns all saying Uranus jokes. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> now that's a family I can get on board with. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, Shai, thank you so much again for taking the time to meet the Littles. Let's do it now. Plug everything. How can we reach you? Twitter, all that stuff. And of course, plug your podcast for us. Thank you so much. It is such a pleasure. Again, I feel like I've known you all forever. And I do hope you'll come on our show, Friday Night Movie. So you can follow that at Friday Night Movie. We're actually nominated right now for two Signal Awards. Wow. And, and for our socials, you can vote for us because we are head-to-head in one of the categories for best co-hosts of a limited series. It is just us three, me and my sisters, against Conan O'Brien. What? And- <laughs> So we did a subset of our show last year that was focused on my sister Lily's infertility journey. It's a very funny three-episode arc, and it infuses some pop culture and stuff like that. So we put it up for this award, and it's going against a similar thing he did with his show, which was a spinoff that had to do with doing a fire pit in his backyard or something with his buddies. Ah, okay. And and, and so we are only a little bit behind in the polling. He's at 52%, we're at 48%. Oh, wow. Okay. People go to socials. You'll see all the instructions to vote. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah. It would be kind of cool to at least lose valiantly to one of the greatest of all <laughs> right, time. Right, right. <laughs> and what about the Gold Nerds? Oh, and the Gold Nerds, you can follow at Gold Nerds on Twitter or at The Gold Nerds on Instagram. And the show, we, we only put episodes out in sort of special occasions at the beginning of a season or towards the end of a season. But there's tons of incredible episode recaps and interviews with every member of the cast and people associated with it from our era, but also from the previous era. So if you're a fan of that show, especially if you want to dig into the heart and soul Adam has put into that show, there's some great stuff. And you can follow me at Pancake and the number four table, Pancake Four Table. Yeah, excellent. We'll make sure we put all that in the show notes for you. Okay. All right, Shai. Well, thanks again for coming on the Loyal Littles podcast. We really appreciate it. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Over. I am not a monster. I mean, totally unacceptable. (laughs) Under. (laughs) Putting it under. Well, I have to say, we recently just had an under. We did. No spoilers on this one, though. It's coming up soon. You know what? I guess I won't be using the toilet at their house. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That'll <they're>, show them. <laughs> the ones who win. Right. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Shai. Thanks again for coming on to Meet the Littles. We really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to be here. Bye. All right, all you loyal listeners. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, this is George Mallet. You are listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Wait, oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Tony. Wait, wait, Mr. Tony. Mr. Tony, look and see. Oh, yeah.
Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And thank you again, Shy, for coming on to meet the Littles. And Littles, how about that? That is a unplayed jingle, believe it or not, an unplayed jingle by the one and only Ronnie Newmeyer. Hey, wait a minute. Instead of Hey Mr. Tony, shouldn't it be Hey Chuck and Roxy? Right? I was thinking the same thing. Come but I think on, it was man. Written what be- are we doing out here, man? I think it was written before our time, Roxy. Probably. Because that would have been the perfect way to open our mailbag, yes. which is what we're about to do. So That's so great. I, that is, that's a good one. Yeah. I don't know why they wouldn't have played it. Watch. We're probably going to get thrown off the air. There was <laughs> probably something their lawyers know that our non-existent lawyers Oh, no. Don't didn't tell know. them our secrets. And, um, <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, I just, the lyrics are great. Yeah. You know? And yeah. Uh, so, bravo, sir. We love playing those unplayed jingles once in a while. And that was a good one. So, thank you once again. And let's get to some emails, Roxy. First things first, we have more, of course, about the great non Thursday show, Joe Ippolito. Yeah. Now, I, I hesitate saying that, Roxy, because we're, just, we're doing a Thursday show today. Right. And it's great. It's so great. I mean, it's always better than a hockey set. Thursday is that, a great day. Absolutely. But anyway, Joe Ippolito. We heard from Bobby Gottfried, episode 12, and he says, way to bury the lead, Joe Ippolito. Quote, I had dinner at my favorite restaurant in D.C. And quote, inquiring minds want to know which restaurant. (laughs) Now, I don't remember that. I guess he said that somewhere in the podcast. Now, Bobby then says the Dabney. And then he says, I know, I know. It's not the Palm. So I'm a little confused. Is that your favorite restaurant, Bobby? I'm guessing the Dabney. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. All right. Then we heard from Kristen LeBlanc episode 176 and this one's going way back he says scariest movie as a kid he ever saw was pet cemetery when that cat came back from the dead i was no good haven't liked cats ever since okay i was no good i was no good now here's the thing i've never seen pet cemetery i know you've never seen pet cemetery Uh, i've heard it's really scary but i don't know but maybe Hmm. it has kitties in it roxy i know Maybe that's good. Maybe we should I watch it. I want the kitties to come back. A kitty could come back from the dead in that movie. I, you know? I, I want kitties to come back. That would be excellent. <laughs> All right. And then last but not least, I guess, you know, we'll just get to this one right now. Okay. And I'm going to read this this time because it's okay. a little all over the place, Choxy. Uh, I mean, Roxy. Isn't <laughs> it always? As it says, Choxy. Here are the cookies my kids plan to bake and their current status as of 1221. Okay. So this was yesterday. One, chocolate chip. Done. Two, snickerdoodle, done. Three, Pillsbury cookies, today. Four, sugar cookies, tomorrow, which is today. Five, gingerbread, 1223. I love the schedule. I know. Six, mystery cookie. Ooh. My guess is it involves peanut butter chips. Hmm. Mm. Number seven, Grandma Connie cookies, 1224. That's Christmas Eve. Now, yep. those are the ones she just eats, right? They're yeah. not really her cookies. Right. She just eats them. Okay, and he actually, he says the recipe's at the bottom. Okay, now, for Christmas... What is an acceptable time to wake up and open presents when you have kids? Now, we're not going to be the best judge of this. 4 a.m. Well, we don't have kids, Roxy. So (laughs) is it wrong to not allow the kids to open until the parents are up and coherent? Yeah, that's not wrong. Okay, see, that that would be huge if we ever had kids. No, listen, my brother and I, we used to get up very early, and our parents would tell us specifically, do not wake us before I think it was like 6 or 6.30. (laughs) So we would be up at like 4.30, 5 o'clock, and I would either go in his room, he would either come in my room, and we would just sit there and talk about what do we think Santa brought us? Do we think Santa even came? Are we excited for food later? (laughs) And then we would just talk for like an hour, hour and a half, until it was time to go wake our parents. Some good brother-sister bonding. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. All right, fair enough. I would just need my two cups of coffee first. Okay. (laughs) What if you have pets? Do you take care of them? Make the kids stay in their rooms until the pets are settled? Hmm. If you have to walk your dog. Yeah. And let him do his business or her business. I mean, yeah. I don't know what we, I don't remember what we used to do when we we had our dog. We had a yard and they could just go out. 
We had our cats. They each had their own stockings that were handmade. Of course. And we would always let them open a gift first. The cats and the dogs? Oh, yeah. So my sister, one of my sisters, used to have this little trick where she could... I mean, it's a no-brainer how they did it, but... They had a trick where you'd come over and they'd bring their dog over to the stockings and the dog could pick out their stocking. Ooh. Like he'd go, they knew hey, which one was theirs? Like, uh, yeah. They'd say, hey, Skipper, which one's Skipper's, which one's Skipper's stocking? Which one's Skipper's stocking? And it would go. And it would go around. It would look and then it would sniff and, go, and it goes. Wait, it, it that's would so cute. You know, come on. You know what they did, right? No. They laced it? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was treats in the stocking. Well, out. yes, okay. So they could smell the treats, so they knew which right, one was their stocking. but if they had multiple dogs, oh, every that, dog no, likes no, treats. No, no. I don't think they did that. Oh, I think okay. It was just, yeah, I don't oh, know. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know. I'm with you now. Okay. All right. What about entertaining guests? What is the acceptable time for the annoying out-of-family members to crash Christmas Day with their overwhelming, annoying, needy, self-centered ways? I'd say Did one I say too much? <laughs> I would say one o'clock because then typically have an earlier dinner if you're into that sort of thing. And then they can leave right after dessert. So hopefully be out of there by like 730. Whoa, that's a long day. I don't know. 730. I mean, if you, it depends on how many courses you have. Well, and now there's three games of football on Christmas Day this year. Right. That's I mean, they're terrible games. Right. But that's still that's mm-hmm. something to think about. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, it does get dark earlier, so. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Roxy has spoken. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I can't remember when I heard it, but did one of you mention moving down south? Doesn't this warrant more information from the loyal listeners? It's entirely possible I heard it in episode 82 and the statement is a year and a half old, but whatever. (laughs) I can't remember what I was going to tell you. Oh, yes. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. And I hope to rock this box on the website throughout 2023. Yes. Brendan Borzelli, Lebanon, New Jersey. Okay. Now, we also have... Rock this box. <laughs> I should say... No, I can't say rocks. Can we say rock Dina's box? Like, can we say that? Whoa, I mean, Chuck. Say, I mean, it's really Dina's doing. I so. know. It is right. her box. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so, we also have a voice memo, but we're saving that. Okay. Okay. We're saving that for our Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. little teaser there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, now, some quick thank yous. Let's get uh, some of this stuff done. Thank you, Patrick Smith. Use the code. He called it a subscription to the podcast, which I thought was sweet. He actually didn't use the code, but we're calling it. He used the code. Yeah. And made a donation to the podcast. So that was really sweet. We really appreciate that. Then we have a couple th- littles to thank for the hangout. Okay. So Roxy oh, yeah. had some visitors last night. Yes. Well, actually, it was two nights ago. Uh-huh. We had Greg Sheremita and his wife. Devora. Yep. They came to see the show. They did. And so did John Edwards. Not that John Edwards. Right. Now, mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to bump into him because I came to pick you up at the stage door mm-hmm. as I... Do if I'm around, if I can, at, for the late shows. For the late shows, so I'm not walking home at night by I myself. know, I'm such Isn't a nice such husband. such a gentleman? I'm such a gentleman. Okay, so anyway, I got lucky because they stayed after and met you inside to say hello. They did. But then John was walking past the stage door. Mm-hmm. So I got lucky and got to say hi to him because I'd never met him. Yeah. So that was nice. And then last night, because the Sheremitas were still in town, mm-hmm. we decided to do a very last minute, sorry for the other littles that couldn't make it on such short notice, but we did a Hurley's hang. We did. And so. Random gathering. So Ritz came. 
to help us hold down the fort. Yep. And so, of course, the Sheremetas were there. And then Mike Wolf. And then Brendan in Jersey also came. Yeah. So that was fun. It was good to see those. It had been, I think, almost since, since maybe Summer, Summer of, of Littles. Littles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We've had so many of these other random gatherings throughout the year when Claire's here. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I lose track of who is at which one. Yep. But anyway, so thanks to all of them for coming out and having a little holiday cheer before really the holidays. Time. Which it makes this really nice because I love it when Hanukkah falls right around Christmas. I don't yeah. know if anyone else feels that way, but I love it. I feel like both of the holidays are being celebrated at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's I just, nice. I think it's really nice. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they probably would prefer to have it separated maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure. I like it. All right. So then before we forget, we should have probably led with this. And he's probably sitting there like, uh, hello. Uh, we have a congratulations. Okay. The Loyal Littles Podcast Fantasy Football League has come to an end. Yeah. And we have a winner. This and is the Guillotine League. This is the Guillotine League. The Loyal Littles Podcast Fantasy League. Yes. There's, there's differences. There's also a Loyal Littles Fantasy Football League. But ours is the one with the podcast in it. Yes. Okay. Now, can we go back to the other one? The one that Chuck won? You our won division. It? Now, I don't know if there's anything more to it. I looked on my app. It doesn't say there's another game. I oh. thought the winners of each division play each other. I don't know. I could be wrong. I'll have to triple check that. But there was nothing and there's a game tonight. So I got to check into that. Wow. But I won our division. I was I lost one game all year to Eric Barnes. So Eric, shout out. You're the Good only person job. that beat me this year. Oh, I came great. in last. Did you? I came in last. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up, Roxy. Four wins, nine losses. Since you mentioned it. Okay. Wow. Right. Well, let's get to the guillotine link. Our Loyal Littles podcast, Fantasy Football League. Congratulations, Mr. Bill Isaacson. He won. He was the last one standing. He beat Steve Osbolt in the finals. Wow. So congratulations, Steve Osbolt. Great and flavorful as well for coming in second. Yeah. That's not, a, it's not an easy feat. That's a good matchup. That, that was great. So congratulations, Bill Isaacson. I'm apologizing in advance for your mediocre prize that will be coming to you in the mail. <laughs> we ah. love mediocre here. We love mediocre. Absolutely. All right. Now, Roxy, before we take off, we have a couple. Oh, you know what? I wanted to do first. We did this last time. We have the uh, need to know facts. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I found another one, which I thought you might like. OK. OK. Now you saw a hangover. I know you saw hangover. I did. Yes. You liked it. It was fine. No, you laughed a lot. <laughs> it was a little dumb. <laughs> I th- it, of course it was dumb, but you laughed a lot. And I think you laughed a lot in the sequel, too. But anyway, yeah. we're, we're not reviewing that. But Ed Helms actually has a missing tooth in The Hangover. Oh. I think you remember that. Yeah. Perhaps best known for his role as Andy Bernard in The Office, Ed Helms also played one of the main characters in The Hangover film series. In the first Hangover movie, Helms' character gets his front tooth knocked out. However, in real life, Helms never had that tooth to begin with. (gasps) Can you believe that? His front tooth never grew in. So at a young age... Helms got a dental implant put in. Whoa. He simply had it removed for the part of the hangover filming and then replaced it afterwards. <sighs> right? I mean. That was my brain. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Wow. I love that. Cool. Okay. All right, Roxy, real quick, because we're almost out of time. We've got some movie reviews. Yes. So let's do, we've got more than we have time for. So we're going to save one or two for next time because mm-hmm. we've been crushing it with the movies. We have. We have. We've, Go us. Yeah. We've been up late, but we've been getting it done. <laughs> well, because... You know, the littles make a suggestion. We want to, like, yeah, fulfill it. Absolutely. Okay? So the first one, well, let's do the one we, I was a dope on and screwed up. Yeah. Okay. So we finally went back and we watched A Christmas Story Christmas, which we're calling the sequel. Yeah. None of that the BS. the true sequel. The f- official sequel. No, that was silly. That was, that was crap. Okay. So this one was with a lot of the actual actors from the original. Mm-hmm. And then obviously up. new people. Yeah. You know, and stuff yeah. like that. Now, this one hit a little too close to home for me. Yeah, it uh, did. As I know a lot of the littles know that me too. this is the first year that my father won't be here around for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
spoiler alert. I don't think it's really a spoiler alert, is no, it? No, it's been out. I mean, it's been out. So this is based on Ralphie going home and finding out that his father passes away. So, and he, you know, he goes home to spend time with his mom and go yeah. home for Christmas. And he's kind of now in charge of Christmas, basically. Right. So that's basically the premise of the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, trying to live up to what his, yeah. his dad's standards of Christmas. Because his dad, as we know, always crushed killed it. it. Crushed yeah. it. Right. Okay. So uh, do you want to go? We were crying all right it was so well done i thought now to be honest with you i knew about the fact that the father had passed away i knew the actor had passed away and i had heard somewhere that that was going to be written into the story but i was uh, going under the assumption that like some time had passed since his passing i did not realize it was like boom movie starts boom dead i'm like what yeah yeah so that I, I mean, I was crying a lot, but seeing all the characters come back and seeing yeah. how Ralphie was grown up and had his family of his own and how he was trying to teach his kids some of the values that his Th- father okay. taught him. But can we get into that real quick? Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that happens in the movie, as we know in the original, you know, he gets bullied a lot. And then mm-hmm. Ralphie at the end of the movie kicks this kid's ass, basically. Yeah. And he doesn't get, he gets left alone. It works. The so, Scott Farkas affair. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, at one point in the movie, there's a bully. Mm-hmm. And with his kids, he mm-hmm. has two kids. Yeah. And so basically says, hey, you got to figure it figure out. Figure it out. Figure it out. And I'm sorry, but the way they figured it out, <laughs> I mean, the kids could have died. Yeah. So I guess when Ralphie kicked the crap out of him in the original movie, they could have died too. I but guess. I don't know. I was like, this could give some kids some ideas. I know. And I'm like, I'm not so sure that this is a good idea. But they totally also deserved it. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) They were freaking bullies and they were jerks. But I'm just saying. (laughs) So I don't want to spoil that. But there's something in the. I was like, "Eh," because I knew what they were going to do. As soon as they went outside, I was like, okay, I know what these kids are doing. No, it was just such a nostalgic movie. It was so well done. Well, I will say it was just like the original. They did Mm -hmm. the flashbacks. They did the. Uh, Ralphie's dreams. Yeah, the fantasy. Fantasies. And things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they it, were great. So it, it was, was so good. It was basically right on par with the first one. Yeah. I mean, I think the first one's a little better, of, of course, course. Of course. But this is up there. It's Absolutely. really good. I was a mess at the end. Yeah, the spoiler that at the end, he writes this thing about his dad, and it's just, it's it's just great. Yeah. It's so anyway, Trees. Five. It's five. It's five. I mean, yeah. It's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. I, I was going to try to find a way to go four and a half just because, I mean, a five is a perfect movie. Yeah. And this is pretty close to perfect. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Okay. Then the other one was one of the ones from the Littles, uh, Spirited. Let's mm-hmm. do that one next. Mm-hmm. And this will be it. And we did get, we will uh, do Arthur's Christmas. Don't worry. Arthur Christmas. Arthur Christmas. Excuse me. Well, it, it's if it's his Christmas, shouldn't it be no, plural? No, Arthur is Christmas. He Ar- becomes Christmas. It's not Christmas. Yeah, he is. Well, should we just do that one yes. instead? Yes. Yeah, we'll save Spirited because I got a lot to say about it. Okay, Arthur Christmas it is. <laughs> I still like Arthur's Christmas. What's tomato, no, tomato? Arthur is Christmas. Did I ever tell you the story about the person who sang that song yeah. in the audition? It said potato, tomato, tomato, potato, potato. potato. Like they didn't get it. <laughs> they didn't realize what they were supposed to be doing with tomato, tomato. Right. They didn't get it. Anyway. Hilarious. Okay, so Arthur Christmas. Yes. That's the title? Mm-hmm. You sure? Yeah. All right. People write in. It's on you. Arthur is Christmas. Okay. I think Christmas. I had seen this before. It's I hadn't. A, it was released, I think, in 2011 or 12. Mm-hmm. I At least I think what it was one of these, I saw parts of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you're flipping. Mm-hmm. You know, I stayed on it for a while and then didn't finish it or just saw the end. I don't right, remember. Right, right. But anyway, I knew a, I do remember it. Uh, it was cute. It was cute. It was cute. That's all I can give it. I, Honestly, Santa Claus and his brother and... Well, I was going to say... Grand Santa. Like, yeah. they were kind of jerks. Yeah, but I love the concept. They got wrapped up into the whole, like, I don't know, the commercial... 
aspect of Christmas. And it's like, no, you are Christmas. Right. Like, stop. But I love the fact about the whole family tree thing and how it gets passed down. And the way they deliver the presents Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It was Mm -hmm. very modernized, obviously. Yeah. But to see Arthur Christmas, just how dedicated he was. And he didn't care that he was just this scrawny little kid. That writes the letters back to the kids. That writes the letters back to the kids. That was his job. Which is so sweet. Like, he was just determined to make sure that this one little girl had... The gift that she wanted, right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that was very sweet. Yeah. All right. So what are you going to give it? I don't know, like four. Yeah, I was going to say four. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go four. I mean, it was very modern and technologically inclined and i'm yeah. like ugh, why you know what? i'm gonna change my three makes, and a half. it makes sense <laughs> it, it honestly it makes sense for the storyline that's why i'm gonna stick to my four but i don't know all right i'm gonna go down to three and a half just because i didn't like it as much as you and also then, i liked arthur i didn't like anybody else well i'm just saying the whole concept of the mm-hmm. the whole thing like must sees of the season yeah. i wouldn't put it high up on i mean i'm not putting it up there with christmas vacation and christmas story and the musts yeah you know. So, uh, but if you get down to like the 26th, 7th day of Christmas. It's a cute movie. It's a cute movie. Put Mm -hmm. it on. The kids will probably like it. It's a cute movie. All right. That's our holiday movie reviews. And that's all the time we have, Roxy, believe it or not. We're excited though, because our next episode is going to be our Christmas spectacular. Jam-packed. Jam-packed. Well, this one was pretty jam-packed too. Before I forget, thank you, Mo Warner, for coming on for five mediocre minutes. And thank you, Shai Corman, for coming on to Meet the Littles. And looking very forward to checking out some of his podcasts. Oh, yeah. I really am. So mm-hmm. that's going to be fun. And once again, thank you, Ronnie Newmeyer, for being our musical guest and for that great unplayed jingle that he sent us. All right, Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can hop on over to our website, loyallittlespod.com. And everything's there, our email address, everything. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everything. everything. And don't forget, if you do listen to us on Apple and iTunes, to go over there and give us a nice rate and review over there. And most importantly, though, if you are out shopping online for those last minute holiday gifts, the most important thing is don't forget to use the code. Bye. What is die hard?
The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. I've been a longtime fan. Oh, yeah.